0: affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day.
1: Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional
0: doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering, online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and
1: beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Our reviewer of the week is Vanna12408, and she just so happened to leave a review on Stephanie's birthday, which is always a nice little birthday present. She said, first-time mom wanting natural unmedicated birth experience. Look no further if you need advice and tips from the best. From the beginning of pregnancy to the end, these ladies are so empowering and encouraging. I literally listen to all your podcasts and follow you guys on Instagram. I was able to successfully achieve the birth experience I wanted with your guidance. This mama cannot thank you enough.
0: And we can't thank you enough for leaving a very sweet review and also for following along. I think it makes it so much more real for us when we hear we're helping real moms do real things. So thank you so much.
1: Especially when we hear that it affected your birth experience too, that I was able to do this in part because I was listening to your podcast every week. That's that's huge. That's awesome for you and it's awesome for us to hear. All right. So we took to
0: Instagram not too long ago and we asked you guys, what are your most common complaints? And then we kind of sat back and laughed.
1: Oh, my gosh. I think that was the most responses to any question we've asked on Instagram before ever. We Maybe
0: we should have asked this earlier. I know. It was was a
1: lot. I was like, dang, girls, you're plagued with a lot of stuff going on. So what
0: we want to do today is what we did is we went through and we grabbed all of the most common complaints that we heard from our listeners, which are honestly the most common complaints that you hear in pregnancy. And so we grabbed kind of those top however many, and we want to bring you through them. So through each one, we want to talk about how common is it so you know if you're crazy or not, right? <laughs> um, why, Why is it happening or what causes it? What you can do to fix it, what you need to look out for, like what are the warning signs, when is it time to talk to a doctor, things like that, and then the good news. Because there's always good news, even though we're talking about ailments. So why don't you get us started, Courtney?
1: So a big one that we heard often was heartburn and acid reflux. Um, this was common in about half of pregnant women. You'll experience this sometime throughout your pregnancy. I know I certainly had it. Um, it looks a little different for everyone. For me, it would be like that sour feeling in my stomach, and sometimes that would regurgitate a bit up into my throat. <laughs> so fun. Like a verp? <laughs> What's a verp?
0: Like a vomit burp.
1: Ew. Like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Though yeah. actually, yeah, that burns a little bit. So why? Why does this happen? What causes it? Well, you've got some hormones. Oh, we love our hormones (laughs) coursing through your body. You're going to hate your
0: hormones by the time we're done with the episode, though.
1: (laughs) So here's what's going on. This is why so many pregnant women experience this. It has to do with hormones. I feel like that's going to be the culprit for a lot of these things. But really, your hormones can be your best friend. But when you're pregnant, you've got a lot of relaxin and progesterone coursing through your body. And both of these work in a way that they sort of can over relax things or really relax things. And so that includes the valve between your esophagus and stomach that allows food to pass through and then cuts off stomach acid from coming back up. When those hormones kind of over relax this valve, then you've got stuff coming up that you don't want to come back up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so it can be pretty uncomfortable, right? Like with the relaxin, with the progesterone, things are just moving more slowly through your body in general. And so things are sitting in your stomach longer, digest takes longer and so it's a lot easier with that valve being relaxed for things to kind of spurt back up. So we also see it um, a lot of times like women that have – if you have a big meal, like many of you, if you – your Thanksgiving dinner, your Christmas dinner, right? You have this big meal and all of a sudden you're like, I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> um, but it also can be caused by the baby getting bigger and creating more pressure on your stomach or because the stomach gets moved in different locations as baby grows and kind of moves things out of the Isn't way. It's
1: crazy, by the way? It's crazy. That's crazy. We should show
0: we should show that this week. Maybe okay. we will show that on our Instagram for this week. A picture of like what Your insides do. So much
1: gets displaced (laughs) and moves around. It's nuts.
0: It's nuts to, it's, yes, it's crazy to think about. It definitely affects us. It's, you know, they're pushing down on your bladder. They're pushing up on your stomach. They're just so
1: fun. So, what can you actually do about it? Well, um, if big meals are a culprit, then obviously it makes sense to eat smaller, more frequent meals. You can sit up after eating. Don't eat right before bed and then lay down because obviously. (laughs) You know, if you've got a valve that's already kind of loose and prone to opening anyway, laying down is just going to kind of send more things up that direction. Yeah. And which is funny because we,
0: we get to say this about newborns too, right? Babies that suffer from like reflex, it's the same thing. You nurse them, you feed them, and then you put them like sitting straight up <laughs> or yeah. like inclined, you
1: know? And even during night feedings, I remember I had one that struggled with this and they're like, well, if you can prop up their crib mattress at a little bit of an incline, maybe put a phone book under the bottom, even a slight incline incline is going to be so much better than laying them down flat. So same goes for you. Yeah.
0: Uh, walking after eating, it can help with digestion, but it also keeps you upright. So you're helping things move through the body a little more comfortably, but you're also staying upright. So hopefully you're not getting some of that kickback. Um, we see it a lot, like if you sleep on your left side, your right side can put your stomach above your esophagus just because of where things are located. Um, but if you sleep on your left side, left side and stay a little bit inclined using some pillows, then we see that that provides some relief as well.
1: Yoga can be really helpful. In fact, if you've downloaded our free exercise guide, two of the three exercises we really recommend in there are really helpful for this. Um, The one that's not so great to do if you are dealing with some acid reflux and heartburn is the forward-leaning inversion where you're like basically hanging upside down and your butt's in the air. (laughs) Obviously, that's only gonna encourage things to come up a bit more. You wanna be drinking water instead of other drinks. Sorry, if you have a favorite. Um, (laughs) Um, You want to stay away from or limit foods that can cause more issues. This would be sodas, uh, bubbly drinks in general, spicy food, foods with more fat, chocolate, sadly. Yeah, I did not want to write
0: that on the list, chocolate, (laughs) no.
1: Um, acidic foods. So think of like your pineapple, that kind of stuff, caffeine. Um, all those things are just going to irritate and maybe cause more problems there. And so these are things that you can add
0: in instead of eliminating, but papaya enzymes. And I would just pop a couple of these because they were super delicious. I don't, have you had those? So like, Yeah. They're super yummy. Anyway, so those can be really good and helpful. And then if you can get fresh papaya in season, depending on where you live, that can be really good. Along with that, if you eat almonds after a meal, that's supposed to help regulate some of that as well and or drinking almond milk. Um, In fact, women in general find some some relief if you're experiencing it to have like milk or yogurt. Um, Like a lot of times we see women who have like a glass of milk and they'll have a little bit of honey with it. That kind of thing is supposed to help as well. Well,
1: dairy in general is going to help to neutralize that acidic pea and kind of bring it down, right? You drink a glass of milk to kind of settle that feeling. Baking soda can be helpful too. Just one teaspoon and a small amount of water. Um, sounds yuck. I haven't tried this personally. <laughs> it is a little yuck. <laughs> but, but that can help as well. And then of course, you have um, your sort of over-the-counter remedies, things like Tums, Rolades, Mylanta, yeah, it reminds me of the commercials <laughs> right? as a kid. Maylox under the direction of a provider. If you're wanting to go the more holistic route, then you can try some of the things we mentioned through diet, but also there's essential oils that can help as well. DigestZen or Tamer is a great favorite. And
0: on top of that, we also like a- ACV, right? Apple cider vinegar is supposed to be awesome as well. You can do that instead of the baking soda. Don't do them at the same time, right? <laughs> um, little glass of water, apple cider vinegar, and kind of take a little shooter. All
1: right. So how do you know when you need to talk to your provider about this or get a little extra help? Well, if it's keeping you up at night, you're really having a hard time sleeping, then you're going to want to talk to your provider. And you may be diagnosed with something called GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease. And this is more rare, but it can occur. And it's when acid reflux is bad enough that it's actually causing um, damage to your esophagus. So what's the good news?
0: affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. The good news is it typically resolves like immediately after birth. Like, push your baby out. You should be good on that next meal. Literally, it is that quick of a thing. So look forward to that day. Okay, next for topics is pelvic pain. Um, and in some cases, SPD. And I'll explain that in a second. But we get a lot of women telling mm-hmm. us it hurts to walk. It hurts to roll over. It hurts to lift my leg. Um, and and that kind of pain is called pelvic pain. So SPD is symphysis pubic
1: dysfunction. Not to be confused with SBD, which is silent but deadly tooth. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. I was like, "Wait, I have not heard of this SPD." <laughs> She's talking about a new thing on the podcast without oh, telling me. Gosh, okay, I have boys. <laughs> I do too. Why do I not know this? Oh, speaking of which, did you see the most recent meme about the toots? No. So here's here's the recent meme that'll go right hand in hand with what we're talking about. It says, "I made the mistake of telling my husband an early symptom of COVID is loss of smell. He's taken to passing gas in my vicinity, and then when I react, informing me that he is helpfully performing a health check." <laughs> <laughs> he taught the children this technique. I may divorce him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mama boy. Okay, so we've got SPD, symphysis pubic dysfunction, or PGP, being pelvic girdle pain. Um, It occurs in about 20 to 25 percent of pregnancies. In other words, one in five or one in four women are going to experience this. So you're not alone, even though it stinks. So just know that, like, it's not. I don't know, right? Like, I feel bad. Like, you have, anyways. It's part of it. I believe, and it it even said on like the studies that we've found that they believe it's actually more than 20 percent because a lot of women are likely undiagnosed. Don't come in talking about it or don't seek help for it, like, oh, I'm just in pain because of pregnancy. Yeah. So a lot of it's undiagnosed. So if you're experiencing this, you're not alone and we're going to tell you what to do.
1: So why? What the heck is causing it? Well, walking, rolling over in bed, lifting one leg like Steph mentioned, um, going up the stairs would be an example of that. Exercise, getting in and out of the car, basically everyday things become very painful and it's most often described as pain in the pubic area, but it can be felt in your perineum, which is the area between the base of your vagina and your anus. It can be felt in the thighs as well. And what causes it? Well, it's that hormone relaxant. Sometimes <laughs> it works a little too well and a little too quickly.
0: So what can you do? Number one, I want to talk about prevention. Because if you can do some of these things before relax and really kicks in and gets going. Or if you're one of those awesome women that listen to us before you're pregnant, um, <laughs> doing some exercises or some sim- simple things that strengthen that area can be really good for you. So number one, though, we want you to be gentle with your body. Okay. So that means like no heavy lifting. Generally, you want to say no heavy lifting in general. But I know that a lot of women nowadays exercise and they you love weightlifting or, or exercise in general. And so you just have to be a little careful, listen to your body. And exercise in general might look different for you. So you want to do things that allow both 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 legs to be able to move in sync instead of separate, Um, like gentle sitting yoga. You can do upper body exercises still, and that might be best. We generally tell women to walk, but in this case, you're going to want to listen to your body. If that's feeling like things are pulling apart or grinding together and it really hurts, then obviously don't do those things.
1: You're going to want to consider wearing a pregnancy belt. Yes, you'll look and feel like your great aunt Edna with her her girdles and stuff to hold her up, but you know what? It's okay. Do what you got to do. Begin exercises early on, such as those pelvic tilts that we recommend in our free exercise guide. That's really part of that prevention piece. You want to use pillows between your legs while you sleep um, that allow your hips to be at an even height so that you don't have one knee kind of dipping down more than the other. Um, You want to sit down when you're getting dressed. I know you're going to feel like the old ladies on sit and be fit, but it's okay. Right? I have not seen this. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we're linking to that in the show notes. This was an old PBS exercise program. They might still have it, sit and be fit. Oh, my gosh. It's basically awesome. what we're recommending. Yeah, what I realize oh, as you're awesome. like upper body exercises, right? <laughs> um, swing both legs over together when you're getting outside of the car instead of, you know, doing one separately. That's
0: like so hard to do, right? Like how many people do that?
1: Yeah. Well, it, hopefully you have somebody else in the car with you and they can like push. Right.
0: <laughs> or just in general, like I remember when I started having back pain, like sciatica kind of stuff, they were like, make sure when you exit a vehicle. And I'm like,
1: do you do that? Like who like, I'm as I'm sitting here, my legs. I'm sitting here in a chair trying to imagine doing that. And I think it's going to require some, um, ab work and yeah. that can be a little trickier <laughs> too when you're pregnant. So, you're going to have to let us know if that's easier said than done. Um Kegels may help as well and squats. You really don't ever want to do Kegels without also doing squats. Okay, tell us about Kegels. Some people
0: might not know what a Kegel is.
1: All right, so a Kegel is where you are sort of flexing your PC muscle, your pubococcygeal muscle, I think is what it's called. And if you ever want to know like, well, what the heck is that? I don't recommend doing this often, but if you're peeing and you were to stop yourself mid pee, like cut the pee stream off, if you can, if you pregnancy. can, <laughs> right? That little that little flex that you do, that's actually um, that's a Kegel right there. And there's a lot of ways you can work up to strengthening your PC muscle, right? You can do fast little quick. Um, tenses, you can tense and hold it for a long time. You can, you know, start doing it a little bit of, of tension there, like flexing that muscle and then do it stronger. There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. They that even I'm have the
0: like Kegel find. balls, right? Yeah. Like I'm yeah. not in anyways, we could get into a whole thing, but they're literally like these balls that you can buy online that you insert into your vagina and like try and hold them Hold there. them
1: in there. Yeah. And as crazy as this may sound, it really does help to create a healthier, stronger pelvic floor um, and that's going to control all kinds of things in your body. Really, it's going to control all the openings, your your urethra, (laughs) your vagina, your rectum. Um, So just keep in mind that Kegels then, along with squats, are great to do if after birth you're having some incontinence issues. But that's a different topic. Yes,
0: different topic for a different day. Uh, You can also see a pelvic floor therapist. This is somebody who deals with that area specifically. And so if you're having pain, um, you can go to a physical therapist. That's absolutely somebody you can see. We also recommend a chiropractor. But I would highly recommend a pelvic floor therapist. I
1: feel like they're so underutilized. And I'm thrilled to see that uh, women are starting to be aware of who they are and what they can really help do for you. Another thing that may help is to alternate heat and cold on that area. So if you get like a, a heating pad or something warm, you can hold it to the area for about 10 minutes. And then remove it, kind of give yourself a little bit of break, and then apply cold like an ice pack for I'm guessing about the same amount of time or as long as you can stand it. As right? long as you can stand it.
0: <laughs> um, as far as during birth, because I'm sure women, if you are experiencing this, during pregnancy, you're probably a little concerned about what that's going to look like, having to move through different positions during labor. So during birth, we want you to make sure that you're utilizing a peanut ball. So that'll take place of you using those pillows, making sure that your hips are in a good position um, and your legs should be similar in how they're they're seated as well. So utilizing a peanut ball, utilizing a birth ball, because it allows, um, again, you there's no like left and right with your leg up and down kind of thing. You can just sit and relax and let that area lean into the birth ball and that should be a lot more comfortable um, using water and that's not just like hot water which is part of it you can absolutely utilize that but getting your body submerged into water so you want to get the weight of your belly off of your um, of your pubic area and then just water feels good in general so the heat of the water and then getting some of that weight off will feel really good you can also do hot and cold during labor so utilizing those ice packs or your rice sock or whatever you're using um, and then hand and knees is a great position because, again, it's going to allow your belly to hang a little bit forward. Your knees are like equal height or distance away from each other. Uh, and then squatting. Squatting is great, especially a supported squat. So it's a really common position that women use during labor. And it's something that can be done with your partner to allow for a little bit um more of a relaxed setting.
1: I also feel like I should mention here that spinning babies can be a wonderful resource. One of the principles that they focus on is balance. And when you're experiencing pain like this, it often is indicative of imbalance um, in your pelvis, and your body, in those ligaments and things like that. That can be due to poorly toned or loose muscles. Um, it can be because of chronic tension in ligaments or muscles. But they've got some really wonderful exercises that you can do to help help bring balance to your pelvic area. All right, so when do you need to get help beyond what we've mentioned? Well, if you are finding yourself in tears and really (laughs) feel like you're unable to live your life somewhat normally, you need to reach out and ask your provider for help, especially if you've already done, right, all the things we listed. They may decide to use medicine for pain or give you a referral to a physical therapist or a pelvic floor therapist like we talked about if you're not already seeing one, but do not wait too long. If you have pain, don't suffer in silence. You don't need to be a martyr for it. Don't write it off as just a normal pregnancy complaint. Um, You may still have to deal with this during pregnancy. And perhaps you find a little relief, but still reach out. There may be some help waiting for you. The good
0: news is that just like with heartburn and acid reflux, this tends to go away pretty quickly after baby is born. If you're noticing that you're having some negative side effects after baby's here, you're still having pain in that area, then it's absolutely time to see somebody like a pelvic floor therapist. But great news is it usually relieves very quickly after having your baby
1: exhaustion fatigue tiredness how common is this well fatigue and exhaustion affect somewhere of like 60 percent of women or more during pregnancy it's more common in the first and third trimesters of pregnancy second trimester man life's a breeze i feel (laughs) like during that time um, but some women experience fatigue throughout. And if you're like me, you're you're always a little bit fatigued even before <laughs> pregnancy. But why? What causes this? Well, you're growing a freaking baby. That's part of it, right? Your body is expending so much energy to do that even when you're not aware of it, right? Um, it's doing a ton of that physical work you have hormonal changes, progesterone and estrogen increase. Those can totally make you feel tired. Um, You're probably having some emotional changes. There might be a little stress, a little anxiety there that can lead to fatigue. Um, Habits, not having much of a routine to keep you on schedule can also make you feel tired. And also for habits, um, Not really being in the habit of getting out and moving your body and doing a lot more eating. Those are naturally going to make you tired.
0: On top of that, your body is producing more blood. In fact, you produce 50% more blood when you are pregnant. Um, And your blood pressure and blood sugar become lower, which will obviously increase your tiredness. On top of that, we see women who often find themselves anemic or need some kind of iron boost. And so that'll be something to discuss with your care provider. And we'll actually talk about that a little bit more at the end of this.
1: Have them check your ferritin levels too if it gets to a point where you're having them do some blood work and they're checking for iron. Just... My little plug, have them check ferritin too.
0: And then not sleeping as well at night or throughout the night is obviously going to affect how tired you are throughout the day.
1: So what can you do? You can listen to your body. If you're tired, take a nap when you can. Um, Listen to your body when it says that it needs rest. You can focus on eating really iron-rich foods. That would be your leafy greens. Uh, Red meat is a good source of iron as well. You can take an iron supplement. Um, You can get out and move your body regularly. Yes, even if you're tired, (laughs) that's going to not only affect your energy levels, but it's also going to affect your mood too, how happy you feel. Drink lots of water, limit caffeine. I know this seems counterintuitive, like, but I'm tired. I feel like I need more caffeine, but (laughs) this is like a... This is like a never-ending battle then that you're going to be in. So just limit caffeine. Take your prenatal vitamins. There's a lot of good nutrients and minerals in there that can help support healthy energy levels. And then aim to eat healthy, high protein, 75 grams or more per day should be your goal. Um, Aim to have things well-balanced. Focus on less processed foods and less carb-heavy meals and eat smaller meals more frequently.
0: And then have a sleep routine. So that means no reading through our Instagram right before bed, (laughs) no staring at your screen while you're listening to our podcast. About two hours before bed, you want to cut off screens, make yourself a bedtime routine. You want to take a warm bath, get into pajamas, drink chamomile tea, maybe you put on some essential oils or you're diffusing them, sleeping in a dark room. Whatever it is, make it a routine just like we do with our kids kids when it's bedtime and it will help your body to know, oh, when we do these things, it means it's time for bed. And that should help you to not only get to bed easier, but hopefully stay asleep longer.
1: Bedtime routines actually create more restorative sleep. So it's not enough just to say I was laying in bed for seven hours last night, but you know what's the quality of the sleep that you're getting? Having a routine like Steph described is going to help improve the quality of the sleep you're getting.
0: And now we're going to talk about what to watch out for. If you are experiencing physical fatigue with any of the following, then this is when you need to contact a care provider immediately. That is dizziness, shortness of breath, vision changes, sudden swelling in your hands, your ankles, your feet, especially with pitting. So if you push into your skin and your finger like pops back out, but the skin doesn't, <laughs> pain in your abdomen, heart palpitations, anything that throws you off makes it feel more serious, that's time to reach out.
1: And that sounds like a drug commercial, doesn't <laughs> it? Like we should have a cool graphic playing while we say all that. Um, but keep in mind too that you can be fatigued. I know that. I start to get kind of tired when I'm starting to get sick. Be mindful of your body. Listen to it. If it tells you to rest, rest. And then, of course, pay attention to those warning signs Steph mentioned. Definitely don't wait to reach out, though. You can still call your provider and talk to the on-call nurse there if you feel like this is more than just... I'm feeling a little tired. Um, The good news, though, is once you've had your baby, I feel like we're saying that with everyone. Once you've had your baby, you'll be dealing with a different kind of fatigue. That's the new mom. I've been up breastfeeding all night fatigue, and that's... That's something different. Nausea and vomiting, morning sickness, whatever you want to call it. How common is this? Well, about 70% of pregnant women experience this morning sickness. Some women have it their entire pregnancy and throughout the entire day, which we feel is totally unfair for their record. We feel for you. But let's talk about why and what causes it. So it's caused by levels of HCG, which is the human chorionic gonadotropin. And HCG typically peaks around 12 to 16 weeks, which is why this begins to alleviate around that time for most women. Could also potentially be caused by your estrogen and progesterone levels. Those are rising and it slows down digestion.
0: Sometimes we see um, just the increased saliva that can make (laughs) moms feel really not right. Like even right before you throw up, don't you get that like... I have a ton of saliva in my mouth. I think I'm going to vomit. Yeah. Um. And then I know, my for myself, I had a metallic taste in my mouth, and I hated that. I had it all day long. Um. I think taking my prenatal vitamin before bed helped that a little bit, but overall, that was like. Do the you think worst. that's just from the iron? I
1: don't. In the know. supplement, I
0: I don't know that I was taking an iron supplement at the very beginning. But and don't I,
1: most prenatals have iron in them?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they all do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. But it. But I know moms. Like not every mom. Did you have a metallic taste in your mouth? No. Nope. Yeah. It, and I didn't have it. I don't remember if I had it with every pregnancy. I know with my first, I had it for a long time and it didn't go away until the nausea went but away. But you
1: felt that contributed to feeling nauseous. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everything contributed to feeling nauseous. Aww. Um, smells, that was a big one, right? Like, oh, if somebody cooks something or...
1: The first time I was pregnant, I was triggered by peanut butter. I freaking love peanut oh butter, but I smelled it and I was like, whoa, and I was like, wait a minute,
0: can <laughs> I be pregnant? <laughs> Wait, it smelled good to you, or you were like, "No, it
1: smelled terrible." I'm throw up. Yeah, yeah, it made me feel like I was going to throw up.
0: That's funny because when I was pushing or like having no, when I was having really strong contractions with my second, my doctor came in. I think I've talked about this on the podcast, and he was eating peanut M Ms and asking me like how I was doing. So not only was he like chewing loudly, but he was like <laughs> blowing his air in my face, his and I was peanut like peanut air. I and this is one contraction. He comes in. My contractions say that they were at their longest, like what two minutes? Right. He comes in. He's trying to talk to me. I'm having a contractions still having a contraction. He's asking me questions. He leaves before the contraction is over. Anyway, so he wasn't even there long enough, but just just long enough to like bug me really bad. Anyway, <laughs> nice guy. Anyways, uh, being awake, right? <laughs> like as soon as you are awake for the day, some of us are just nauseous all day, which stinks. And then on top of that, having an empty stomach, how many of us here are like, just eat the saltines. Just wake up and have a saltine. Like, yeah. somebody going to – cram like saltines down somebody else's throat for telling you that. I totally
1: get it. I mean, it does help though to have something in your stomach so that your blood sugar is not shot because when it's really low, you're going to feel more nauseous. Yeah, true.
0: Uh, And then you you may feel nauseous and you may vomit and that can be before eating, after eating or honestly anywhere in between.
1: All right. So what can you do? And it's interesting because as I'm looking over these, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of them that (laughs) they're in common, right? So these are good rules all around for multiple ailments. But one thing you can do is to eat those smaller, more frequent meals. And again, that has to do with not keeping a ton in your stomach to throw up, I think is part of it, but also keeping your blood sugar up. You can drink lots of water. Things like lemon or a squeeze of citrus in there can help with the flavor because I know that when I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling like... Like I want to drink just a ton of water. In fact, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this on an empty stomach, but you drink a ton of water and I get like cramps in my mm. stomach sometimes. So anyway, uh, saltine crackers, <laughs> like you were It saying. is a
0: thing. I just, yeah. when it's like the only suggestion you're getting and you're like, yeah, I've tried the freaking salting, cl- like shut up about <laughs> the
1: crackers, you know? Yeah. But with the little snacks, I mean, you you do want to try and have some protein in there because that's going to- And get, fat. And fat because yeah. you want to keep that blood sugar stable for longer. And with carbs, you get the, the immediate high, but then it- drops. Anyway, it's crazy.
0: Right. and Okay. So some other things are like the seasick bands. And I did have a girlfriend get these for me when I was pregnant with my first. And I did find a mild amount of relief with them. I had nausea. I was one of those. I had it all day long. I didn't vomit, thankfully. But the seasick bands work on an acupressure point just on your wrist. And uh, it actually helps relieve some of that sickness.
1: It's interesting because I know several providers, midwives, who will actually prescribe something like Unisom for morning sickness and nausea. So clearly getting good rest is important there. You don't have to go for Unisom. You can try something a bit more natural, but you get the idea. So a good natural alternative, for example, would be something like Serenity soft gels. Um, obviously you do that under the care and direction of your provider, but that could bring some relief.
0: We've also seen acupuncture, acupressure, things like peppermint essential oil. You can either apply that topically or doTERRA has some amazing beeblets that I know women take during pregnancy. You can utilize peppermint tea. Uh, We see that a lot, especially before bed. Uh, And then B6 supplements. So adding B6, uh, obviously your prenatal vitamin is going to have some of that. Hopefully what you're eating is going to have some good amount of B6, but adding an extra B6 supplement can be really positive for this.
1: Ginger is another great one. You can um, like suck on pieces of raw ginger, believe it or not. They make ginger candies. Um, There's ginger essential oil. There's ginger tea. That's a good one too. Look, continue to do your best to exercise and eat healthy. I know that if you're like, I can hardly keep anything down. And the only thing that feels good for my body is like a cold milkshake then that's okay. Do, do what you can within reason, but you know, don't be afraid to just experiment. Well, yesterday or last week I could only do cold milkshakes, but now I'm going to try and see if I can get a little.
0: That's a good point. Like your taste buds can change by the hour, right? I remember being like so sick and I'm like, Michael, go get me a pineapple and go quick before I'm like, I don't want it anymore. And he got to the door and I was like, forget it. (laughs) Never mind. It's gone. That's going to make me throw up now.
1: But keep down what you can. If you are having a milkshake, you know, you can add a scoop of collagen peptides for some protein to that. Just do what you can and don't be too hard on yourself. You're doing the best you can. Give yourself some grace. Um, And then there's medication. This is an option. This would obviously be something prescribed to you by your provider. But in general, we just kind of want to give a warning. We're not saying don't use these medications. Everything has their place, right? But I know with my first, I was prescribed Zofran, um, which they still do pretty regularly, and then found out a few years ago that there's now massive lawsuits because it's now associated with an increased risk of birth defects. And of course, if you go to um, the pharmaceutical manufacturer and their literature, they're going to tell you that, oh, no, there's not that much of an increased risk. But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, no medication or vaccine or or anything, even if it's natural, has really ever been proven to be completely safe for the unborn baby.
0: Now some warnings are what to watch out for. So like Courtney said, if you can't keep food down, if you find that you are losing weight instead of gaining weight during your pregnancy because of not being able to keep food down, if you are dehydrated, if you can't work or function normally, you can't get out of bed, then it's time to see a provider. They can be a little bit more adamant about checking for things like hyperemesis gravidarum. And so some women might be so sick that they need regular IV fluids and even medication just to be able to eat and drink.
1: Princess Kate had that. So if you have it, you're cool (laughs) like her, I guess, right?
0: And not alone.
1: The good news, like we mentioned at the beginning, is that you'll find that for a lot of women, this typically subsides between about 12 to 16 weeks of pregnancy. Um, For moms that have to deal with it, though, throughout the entire pregnancy, it will go away right after baby is born. And I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Best day of your life, if if that's you.
0: Let's talk hip pain. Yes. This is one of the most common complaints that we get from – and I wonder why. It doesn't make sense to me. There's not like a giant baby growing <laughs> in between your hips. I don't get it. Okay. Uh How common though? About one in three women will experience hip pain during pregnancy. So again, not alone. And why does it happen? What causes it?
1: I'll give you one guess. <laughs> I know. Can you guess?
0: When I was writing this, I was like, you guys, you're going to hate relaxing. <laughs> you're going to hate the word. And I feel like, isn't that like slang? You're going to hate relaxing. Oh. You know? <laughs> okay. No, literally the hormone, relaxing. Uh, along with that, weight gain is obviously something that comes with pregnancy. You're going to gain blood. You're going to gain water weight. You're going to gain overall weight. You're growing a baby. All of that is going to put pressure into that area. You might
1: have Rona weight. Just kidding. We're right. I mean, like, all <laughs>
0: so true. True. Uh, Posture and positional things, so sitting in chairs for long periods of time, uh, not doing some of the exercises that we talk about, which we'll get that kind of counts into the what you can do, but being hunched on the couch maybe while you're watching TV or scrolling on your iPhone. Usually lower back and hips are not in a good position when you're doing that and so you're generally just going to feel a little more
1: uncomfortable. So what can you do about it? Well you may want to research some rest smart positions, um, but we're going to kind of talk about what some of those are. You can have pillows in between your legs. Are you noticing how many pillows you're needing now that you're (laughs) pregnant? A peanut ball, like we mentioned, this may not be as comfortable to sleep with, although you might be able to pull that off. Um, Certainly women do during birth. Um, A birth ball for sitting is going to get you in a really good position when you're sitting and resting and you know just bounce on that thing when you're wanting to relax. Um, Pelvic tilts, which again is one of our three exercises that we highly recommend that you do for an easier and more comfortable pregnancy and birth.
0: This is one of the main reasons, like strengthening your lower back, it like stretches and strengthens the lower back. It helps you with your abdominal muscles. If you, if all you do is gain weight and let that front section go, you're going to have back pain. Like there's no way around it. You have to be using those muscles and they're going to be tight. They're going to be stretched out all of the things. But if you give it a little bit of effort, you're going to notice that you will feel a bit better.
1: It was interesting because I I was at the gym with my husband the other day and it had been so long since I had attempted to do a lot of the strength exercises and I was like discouraged. I was like, holy cow, I used to be able to do X amount of sit-ups or this many crunches. He was like, you know, you can't just be doing those. If you want to have a really strong abdominal muscle, you need to be doing back exercises Mm -hmm. as well. There's got to be balance. And so- if you're not working on your abdominals, then your back's going to be sore and and vice, and vice versa. versa. It's that whole core thing. And that's why, why sitting on a birth ball is so
0: great or an exercise ball. If you're like doing simple tasks, um, if you're watching TV, if you're sitting at a desk, if you're scrolling on Instagram, all of that's going to force your core into a little bit of work. And just that mild amount of keeping that stability on the ball makes a huge difference for that area. Definitely.
1: Um, squatting is also going to help sitting on the floor, not like with your legs crisscross applesauce, but just sitting on the floor with them out and you trying to sit straight up as best you can. Um, Massages can help, visiting a chiropractor. And you guys, when we talk about chiropractor, there are, I feel like enough of them now that you want to search for one that is specially trained for prenatal stuff. So Um, don't just go to any chiropractor if you can help it.
0: Yoga and stretching is going to feel really good because those those areas get tight. So like some of the time we think all that pain or whatever comes from like maybe it's not strong enough or and yoga does help with strength as well. But the stretching and relaxing of those areas too can feel just as good.
1: I remember doing that pelvic tilt exercise Mm -hmm. we recommend and like The more into pregnancy I would get and the heavier that baby was getting and the more sore my hips were, doing that stretch and really leaning into it. And sometimes I would even, instead of just doing, you know, keeping my butt straight and back and stuff like that, I would push it to one corner and then to another. Kind of like you're going in a child's pose, but to one side and then the other. Yeah,
0: let it be intuitive. You Mm -hmm. don't have to do anything so specifically. Exactly. Listen to your body and and
1: work with it. It's good practice for birth. Mm Mm-hmm. So mild exercise, um, mild weightlifting, especially if that wasn't something you were in the habit of doing before, Pregnancy, sometimes that lack of strength, like we talked about, can contribute to this pain.
0: What do you need to watch out for? If you are experiencing any unusual pain, if you've got some limping, if you have like sharp sudden pain or sharp shooting pain, if you're having contractions or a tightening of the abdomen and you're experiencing hip pain or hip pain that comes in waves, obviously those are things you need to watch out for.
1: And if you get the little like, oh my gosh, that just kind of that tweaked that hurt a little bit right there. If it's an occasional thing, that can sometimes be just round ligament pain. But I think we're looking for things that are, this isn't going away. It's a little more persistent. So Yeah.
0: And you can reach out and ask for help and and ask questions. But I think so often we're like, well, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Everything hurts, you know. And so it's easy to ignore things even a little too Mm -hmm. late than we should be.
1: Right. But the good news is that hip pain tends to alleviate on its own um, just a few weeks after birth. I, oh,
0: something else we can add to the like things you can do, and I don't know why I didn't think of this, but belly binding.
1: Oh, belly binding,
0: but you have, you have to get something if you're going to do like a Velcro bind or whatever. And I haven't used a Velcro bind for hip area, but I absolutely get something that goes down to the hips. And if you're not using that, you're using the like Malaysian bangkung belly bind. Oh, it feels so good. It just pulls that in. Like a nice hug. Yeah. I even had, I remember having now that we're talking about this. I remember having Michael push on my hips after I had my baby and how good that felt it all gets stretched out guys.
1: <laughs> you guys, we have like five other common pregnancy complaints that we want to address and give you solutions for, but in an effort to keep these podcasts digestible and short and sweet, short and sweet, we're going to create a <laughs> like part me. one and part two. Just kidding. <laughs> Exactly. It's <As I'm> PMSing.
0: <laughs> I have the short part
1: done. We're going to create a part one and part two. This has been part one. Tune in next week for part two. I've got heartburn, or I have this horrible acid reflux, reflux, reflux.
0: That straighten, straighten. <laughs> that strengthen that area. You can do upper e- body e- exercise. You can do upper body exercises.
1: So it's caused by levels of hCG, which is the human chorionic gon-
0: <laughs> gonadotropin. <That's
1: an> amazing- <laughs> I was so good at... Gonadotropin.
0: Gonadotropin? Gonadotropin. Like they gonads. Gonads? Yeah. <laughs> Gonadotropin. <laughs> you grow up an ad.
1: <laughs> Got pain in my hips. all right mamas we will be back with more tips and advice soon in the meantime be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes
0: and don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you